This is the Fertile Mindset Podcast, where we explore all the emotional aspects of fertility to support you on your path to parenthood. My name is Sarah Holland. I'm the Fertile Mindset Coach and a mother to two children after my own fertility challenges. I hope you find all the support and inspiration you need within this podcast to carry you forward on your fertility journey towards your own successful outcome. It's also my wish that through listening to these episodes, you rediscover how to enjoy life now and live it to the full while you wait for your baby. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Fertile Mindset Podcast. I have a lovely episode for you today, plus a little bit of an announcement to make about the podcast. Before I introduce who I'm talking to today, I want you to know that this will be the last episode, but only for a short time, while we take a break to plan and record more. I have some amazing guests booked in that I can't wait to speak with and share our conversations with you. And I'm sure you're going to love what's coming next after our short break. As always, I want this podcast to be a support for whatever you need and whatever is going on in your own fertility journey and life. So if you have any suggestions for either topics you'd like me to talk about or guests too that you'd like to see on the podcast, then do get in touch. Contact Jan at Jan, that's J-A-N at FertileMindset.com. Jan joined the Fertile Mindset team a few months ago and is helping me plan and create an amazing next run of Fertile Mindset podcast episodes. So do let her know what you would like to hear about from me and my guests and we will do our best to bring you exactly the support you need. While we take a short break on the podcast, you can of course listen back to any of our now with today's 71 episodes. Have a scroll through on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen in and see which titles jump out and speak to you. There is definitely lots for you to listen to while the podcast takes a break. And I'd also love to invite you into our new private Fertile Mindset support group on Facebook, where the topics we talk about here come to life with live chats, guidance from me in using EFT and mindset work for fertility, and a lovely warm community that you can be a part of. The group is called the Fertile Mindset Cafe and it's open to anyone on a fertility journey of any kind looking for understanding and support. Come and join us there. Just search Fertile Mindset Cafe on Facebook under groups. And of course, my membership, the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary, is also still open and always welcoming new members. If you'd like to have access to unlimited fertility support from me and a real solution to fertility stress, you can read all about the Sanctuary membership at fertilemindset.com sanctuary. Now on to today's episode where I'm talking to the lovely Jo Dalziel. Jo is so warm and caring in her approach to fertility support. I know that you're going to love listening to us chat. I first met Jo when I was looking for fertility EFTers to speak at my summit a few months ago. And as I got to know her, I knew that I wanted to hear more about how she came to be working in fertility and the beautiful ways that she supports the emotional and mindset side of fertility. And that's what we did for the podcast. We had a great chat, which I am now sharing with you. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the Fertile Mindset Podcast. It's really, really lovely to have you here. How are you? 
I'm good, thank you, and really excited to be here. So thank you, Sarah. Yeah, we finally get to speak. We've had a, a cancellations and things, haven't we, with not being well and so on. And technology was really not our friend this morning when we tried to connect <laughs> again. But we made it, and I'm so, so happy to be speaking to you again because I was thinking back to... It must only be a few months ago that I'd even heard of you, Joe. through when I was looking for people to speak at my summit, the Fertility Stress Solution Summit, which was all about fertility and EFT tapping. And I was looking everywhere for who else was using EFT for fertility like I do. And your name came up and I was really, really pleased to get to know you because you delivered a beautiful session at the summit and then gave amazing support to the people who took part in the summit. And what really struck me with you, Joe, is your empathy and understanding and real compassion that you have for people who are dealing with fertility issues. And that, that really comes through so strong that you have that deep understanding, uh, which is why I wanted to welcome you onto the podcast and, and share some more of that, that good feeling with everybody and that good support so I'm so pleased that you had the time to join us here thank you Jo yeah. oh lovely thank you yeah here to sp- to spread some more love and support that's what it's all about absolutely yeah. because it can feel very lonely can't it when you're you know you're trying for a baby and maybe your friends are as well and your peers at work and whoever you know everyone seems to be trying for a baby when you do and if if no one else is going through a similar journey to you it can feel lonely it can feel like there's nobody who really understands and gets how difficult this is and people even start to doubt themselves don't they and think well am I just not coping with this very well you know should it be this stressful and I think it's so important that that people speak up about their experiences in the past as well like it is for us you know we've been through our fertility journeys but the more we can keep sharing um, and you know encouraging and and totally acknowledging that it's all normal however you're feeling so you know that's where I'd, I'd love to start with you Joe, because I've you know we kind of scratched the surface at the summit with with the kind of support you offer through your coaching and your EFT and everything else um, but I'd love to hear a bit more about you and your own story and what brought you to work with fertility yeah well um I had my own fertility journey it started kind of 14 years ago um and at the time I was cabin crew for a very large British airline and Mm -hmm. um at the time when I started flying I was around um 1920 and it became kind of common knowledge I suppose within the cabin crew um role that trying to conceive was difficult. I knew lots and lots of people that had been through difficult fertility journeys um, who were used to work with people who were on fertility journeys. And then there were lots of kind of older crew that had been unsuccessful. So I had this thing set in my head, although I wasn't necessarily thinking about it at age 20, oh, it's probably gonna be difficult. Although nobody else in my family had struggled but I suppose it, a lot of it comes down to lifestyle. So there was um, lots of nights out of bed, um, lots of jet lag, lots of partying, not necessarily looking after myself that well. Um, and then I suppose I got to about, it was about 30-ish when I met my partner now. And um, we decided that we'd like to start a family. And it just didn't happen. He also flies as well. So we've both got that thing now. Oh my goodness. We've got, we're in this together. Um, you know, this, this isn't going to be easy. So we had all of our tests and we were, um, yeah, they said, yeah, there's 
nothing wrong. It's just unexplained infertility, which of course you get that. Yay, we're okay. Followed by the, well, what's, what is it then? We need to know what it is. Mm. Uh, you get that kind of very mixed bag of emotions. And um, yes, yeah, so we tried for about four years. Obviously we weren't always in the same place at the at the right time of the month but um yeah after after four or five years we decided to go for IVF so again we'd gone we had I had IVF treatment and during the treatment I didn't investigate it too much I kind of went in with my head buried in the sand a little bit because I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen I felt like I was going to open a can of worms if I started to really explore it so I just kind of went in, followed what I was told to do. I had been obviously trying to help myself leading up to that, um, but I hadn't looked massively into the treatments. Um, so in the end, we had ix, um, an ICSI treatment. And at the point of embryo transfer, I was told that I had a grade, a grade C embryo. So that in my mind was well, let's give it a go. This isn't going to work. Mm. I had it in my head. We've got this grade C embryo. So I was just, I was just waiting for the two weeks to test and it not, nothing have happened. Um, We did get a positive pregnancy test after the two weeks, but then it kind of started with this whole unleashed, this massive worry because I have this grade C embryo. So I was just waiting for something to happen I was waiting for you know to to miscarry and I wouldn't tell anybody I wouldn't speak to anybody about it I didn't want to tell anyone because I felt like I was going to have to explain myself after this had got taken a different path Um, and it just caused so much kind of a worry and anxiety I wouldn't really speak about it with my partner either he was I was just like no it's it's not going to happen it's not going to be so the longer the pregnancy went on I just started to think that there's going to be something something at some point is not going to be as it as it should be so I was like constantly prepared and constantly waiting for something awful to happen um and then kind of in the third trimester, I was caught, you know, you have all your scans and they're telling you that everything's okay. But still, I just wasn't convinced and I couldn't enjoy the pregnancy because of being told a very, very simple thing, which you know, I don't blame the clinic at all. It's how they grade things for their own science, but it's how I took on the message of them saying to me, this grade C embryo. Yeah. yeah. So I decide I have to do everything that I possibly can during pregnancy, during birth and during the first few years of of parenthood to make this the best it can possibly be. However, during pregnancy, all I wanted to eat was sausage rolls and satsumas. So my healthy eating that I'd been carrying out leading up to the IVF, I couldn't eat a green veg. I used to make smoothies in the morning, have a couple of sips and then want to vomit. Mm. I was like, just for more sausage rolls and more satsumas. And but that that in itself caused conflict because I was like, what am I doing? I can't even nourish myself or my baby. Um, and then I was convinced that I had to have this kind of 
the best birth possible. So I threw myself into hypnobirthing, which which was brilliant. And that really, really helped me with some of the stuff that was going on internally. Um, and we did have a, a lovely birth. It wasn't what I expected or what I had imagined, but we, however, we did have a lovely birth and I had a healthy baby. However, I've now got a brand new baby who I have been told was a grade C embryo. So I was constantly mapping her development and I hadn't really realized until maybe she was four or five, how much that had impacted my first few years of parenthood. Mm. And I wasn't really aware that that was what it was. It was actually doing some kind of healing work and seeing um, a therapist after that this, that this came up, that this very small seed had been planted in my head. I took it a certain way and then now it's kind of like snowballed out of control a little bit. So I was constantly worried and anxious the whole time she was a baby that she wasn't getting nourishment. She was, there was going to be you know, something I was going to lose her. And it was just a really, really difficult time that I just had my blinkers on and I was just going through it and I wasn't sharing this with anybody at all and it's kind of I suppose when she went to school and I could see her amongst other children and I was like able to say she I've got a daughter here and and she is happy and she is healthy and it was kind of I don't know maybe the first four years of her life that I constantly worried about what what she ate what she was doing if I was going to lose her because of this initial thing in the beginning I don't know if that makes any sense to you, Sarah. Oh my goodness. It really does. I'm so sorry, Joe, that that went on for so long for you. Like you say, it's a tiny little seed, a tiny, just a word that was said, this grade C. And then, yeah, yeah where that led your mind to and, and how obviously all those thoughts were there because you wanted to support that potential pregnancy and then baby and then child. You know, you wanted to support them in the best way you could and make up for any apparent deficiency that could be there which is not there as you can now see but of course yeah, yeah what a burden that put on you and what a lot of pressure I know well, and I can just imagine yeah and then you know there's people in these in clinics all the time and I didn't at the time they said that you know I don't know what else they said to me on that day or exactly how it was said about her about this being a grade C they could have said to me there's a perfect chance of of you conceiving and carrying full term and everything will be okay. But all I heard in that moment was great. See, this isn't going to work. Um, something bad's going to happen. And mm -hmm. I do think in the world of fertility, there are things diagnosis or just little words that when we're in a vulnerable state, we're looking to these people to kind of solve all of our problems and give us our baby. Um, that often something that they said we can misconstrue it and make it mm. mean some you know something completely like say, yeah because it's their own medical terminology it's their own jargon that they use to look at different embryos and compare them and perhaps the likelihood of them then implanting but yeah if that embryo does implant and goes on to be a full-term healthy pregnancy it's it's really hard to override your thoughts isn't it and and just 
accept that everything is okay when that was your first worry and and I noticed what you said as well Joe about really keeping it to yourself and you didn't talk to anyone and you weren't sharing those fears and of course we know when we share something and we get other reflections back and, and other stories back it may have helped to to you know balance that out for you but it sounds like you were just too scared to share that and to acknowledge it out loud you were keeping it all to yourself yeah absolutely and I think there is so much of of fertility can become a secret because mm. um, maybe you know we've spoken to people so much about it that you feel like you're oversharing people don't want to hear or they're sick of hearing it and we become more and more insular and more kind of locked away and and in fact I think that sometimes we're not even fully aware of it I I wouldn't say that that grade c you know the the mention of the grade c was particularly in my awareness and it was only after doing deeper work um after with my own healing around it that I started to go wow yeah this this is where it came from and um and I saw something earlier um, about somebody having a diagnosis of endometriosis, age 19. And, you know, people will say, well, that means I can't have a baby. But actually, you know, in that moment, we don't really know what, when they've asked the question, what the doctor said or what has been said surrounding it. It just can be how you have taken what that person has said to you or maybe what other people say, that eventually you start to believe that. Mm, mm. in your head and I think that we we create these blocks and for ourselves and these beliefs for ourselves that things are that things are going to be hard yeah just like you said before you even tried to conceive you know you had that message that as cabin crew and spending so much time in the air and out of time zones and everything that that would cause a problem so you already had that expectation and we're not saying whether or not expectation caused the problem but it definitely I'm I'm imagining would create a lot of emotion around and a lot of fear and and stress and worry so that then when you're told that your embryo isn't optimal either you know it's it just piles on doesn't it things to worry about and and this isn't going to work for us but you did come through the other side Joe and like you said your little girl grew up to be happy and healthy and and it's it changed your life in in more ways, didn't it? Because it's become your career now. It's become what you do is is supporting others on a fertility journey. Do you think if you have the right support in place, or the what kind of support can help us not you know not kind of go to those extremes with with the language that we hear or the thoughts that are planted in our head? Are there ways that we can become more present and connect with our own? you know our own truth and our own clarity that can help us see what's true and what's not true and and find a more calm you know and relaxed way through all of this yeah absolutely I mean I didn't even know that there was you know any kind of fertility coaching around at the time I mean my daughter's now nine um but yeah there was not there was no counseling or any help with the clinic and I didn't really get any guidance or pointers from the GP. I mean, I wish I'd known that you were around at the time, Sarah, with your EFT, because it would have just been amazing. But I do think often with fertility, we get kind of hooked on the, it ends up being expensive. We're paying for supplements, we're paying for holistic therapies, all of this physical stuff. And I think had I had more of the mental, you know, the mind-body 
stuff, it would have been a huge help because it, it kind of brings some of the deepest stuff up that we're, that we're struggling with at the time that we've probably been squashing down and not, not wanting to believe that we're struggling. Because I think it's actually a really courageous and quite a difficult step to admit to, that, to, that, you, that you need help emotionally. And I do think one of the good things that's come out of COVID is that there's much more awareness around mental health and people's emotional well-being. And I think people are less afraid to speak out and to get that help. But I would have absolutely loved to have done something like I do with my clients now, because I just love to see them as they come and start. Not really that certain, maybe. Sometimes I think some karma's thinking right this is last resort I'd love to get people much sooner but to see them starting off and very very quickly start to have this kind of this change where they're able to stop and look at themselves and go oh wow yeah I didn't really realize that I was feeling that way and just for them to be in tune with their emotions know that it's okay to be feeling the feelings and look at new ways of helping themselves and how their emotions are wanting to guide them and letting go of some of the old outdated beliefs about themselves or about the fertility journey. Mm. I think it makes a huge, a huge difference. It really does. And I'm, I'm with you there about how COVID has changed how we look at how we take care of ourselves and our emotional well-being and our mental health. And it's it's made it, you know, much more of the a normal, accepted everyday thing to talk about for sure. And also on the fertility side, wasn't it interesting how, you know, obviously fertility clinics closed down over COVID, just like all hospitals and clinics mm. did. And when fertility clinics started to open up, it was a very, you know, it was even had its own piece in the on the news websites that fertility clinics are now open because it was seen as such a difficult thing to put on pause for so many people um, that they wouldn't be able to have IVF, wouldn't be able to grow their family if that's the only way they could do it. It was being cut off from them completely. So I was kind of encouraged that that was being shown as a standalone news story, you know, is that fertility yeah. clinics are now open and that's a positive thing for all these people who've been waiting, that acknowledgement of how hard it really is to have to go through treatment and not conceive your baby if and when you believe you will. So yeah, I'm hoping that the tide is gradually turning and we'll keep having conversations like this and my yeah. podcast will run for as long as it needs to, you know, and just keep talking about the emotional side because it is such a it's such a huge step in life you know we think about it just being about getting pregnant um, and conceiving which of course can take its time yeah. for you like you said for you it was four years I think you said didn't you too yeah had IVF yeah, just over. yeah and then you've got the whole huge you know roller coaster to go through with IVF as you discovered you know how how challenging that was and but that's not the end of the story is it you've got the the actual pregnancy and then parenting and it's such a hugely big important thing that we do it's the biggest life change that we do, isn't it, is become parents for the first Absolutely. time. Um, so why are we not supporting ourselves emotionally and why is society not supporting people emotionally as they go through that huge transition in life? Because if you start that, like you said, in a very vulnerable way and, and already having doubts and fears and thinking you've got to kind of give your whole self over to give this embryo, this baby, the best chance because of its yeah. low grading or whatever, you yeah. know, that's such a, a massive toll that it takes on your emotional and physical well-being and your life 
life as a whole and then you have to start parenting a newborn which is you know full of sleepless nights and everything else as standard but if you're starting that from a really a really delicate place where you're already feeling like you know it's all going wrong and you're expecting it to go wrong um gosh that that woman needs building up and supporting more than ever for sure exactly yeah and I think with the with the fertility coaching as well all of the stuff that I now go through with my clients obviously I embody it I live it I use all of the tools and techniques or certainly most of the tools and techniques regularly and I think had I had that in the very beginning just to kind of set me free of this kind of uh, anxiety that again I have had squashed down just think it would have seen me all the way through the pregnancy and it would have seen me through the early years of parenthood using exactly the same things because I think all of this stuff that we use as mind body coaches um you can apply it to absolutely everything yes it's brilliant in fertility but it's equally as brilliant in parenthood in life and it's actually me by me becoming a coach it's changed our whole lives as a family because I use the same stuff, the same tools and techniques with my children, with my husband as well. So he's been on the journey with us as well. And it's just, it's been amazing. And I wish that I had known about it then because it would have been a lot easier, but I'm just so grateful and so happy that I do know about it now and that I've been able to reach people and have them just kind of, and it's not for them, it's not even been about getting pregnant it's just having their life back where they're mm-hmm. able to enjoy things again and one of my friends actually who I who I coached she had been on a journey for about nine years and she had gone out for her 40th birthday for dinner with her husband and she said the thought of going out for dinner before we had done the coaching together used to fill her with fear because she didn't know what she was going to be able to eat um, what would be on the menu because she was following such a strict diet and we went she went out and she said she phoned me when she got back in and cried and just said I've had the best dinner ever because I've gone out and I've enjoyed myself I had a glass of wine I looked around the room and I was able to take in the whole of the room the whole of the atmosphere instead of sitting in fear pretending that I was having a good time and that for me was just one of the best things and one of the best examples of just letting yourself go because although she was doing everything physically to you know achieve her dream by doing everything physically she was actually causing herself a huge amount of stress because she was unable to kind of see out of the physical but as soon as she was able to relax and go actually I can live my life as well as that and that for me is what it's about it's just getting life back to enjoy life while waiting for the baby that you know the powerful word yeah I haven't had my baby yet that is is so so important and it should be prioritized and we're you know shouting about it loudly to encourage people to prioritize themselves on their fertility journeys for sure but even if you look at it as then continuing to support what you do next you know because it's very hard to keep going Mm. especially if people need multiple fertility treatments IVF cycle after IVF cycle to keep going 
if you feel like you don't have your life and it's all been taken over by by fertility and treatment the more you can connect with yourself your partner your friends the things that light you up and bring you joy along the way and have the whole mix of everything going on it's going to be more sustainable isn't it I can talk about like a, a fertility journey needs to be sustainable it needs to last for as long as it needs to last because none of us can know whether it will be the first treatment when it works or whether it will take a few more maybe a few changes of direction along the way um and it's it's so hard to keep going if you feel depleted isn't it and like life is really really hard so absolutely. so yeah absolutely yeah and I know there's lots of different ways that you work with people Joe. the thing that brought us together was the tapping EFT which I know yes. you love just as much as I do yes <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it tapping as a as a technique it looks too good to be true it looks too simplistic that you would just tap on points on the face and the upper body and on the hands and that in itself would bring about change but it does work doesn't it people often say to me that it's like magic yeah. so like, how did that work I suddenly feel like my old self and I've let go of all the emotions yeah. that were so heavy and that I didn't need and I've got this lightness back and this focus back it's it's that kind of modality, isn't it? That that then can help mm. people find what they really need rather than us saying, well, why don't you just try these things to help you relax? You know, if that's not for them, if a technique can actually get them back in touch with themselves so they know what they need to do for themselves, um, then that, it just, yeah, it feels much more authentic, doesn't it, for them? Absolutely. Yeah, and tapping is, it's just been a, a real game changer as well. When I started to introduce that into the coaching session, so I combine that with some um, hypnosis and other, other mindful te- tools and techniques. But for, for me, when I discovered tapping, it was just like kind of, yeah, it just brought everything together and just seeing people have this very, very quick, well, you can see the change in someone's face when you're with them, can't you? They're often, you know, the the skin maybe doesn't look, or the kind of, the eyes look a little bit lost. And even during an, a 45 minute, one hour session of tapping, then you start to see people come alive again, their mm-hmm. eyes light up, the skin changes. And it's just like they've used their own magic fingers. People mm-hmm. say, wow, that's amazing. How does that work? And just, yeah. To just to see that that shift without anything too obvious in one yeah. hour is incredible. It is. And it is that shift, isn't it? A shift in perspective of what we choose to focus on and what meaning that we give things. Like you said about hearing grade C and hearing them talk in all their medical jargon about what that meant. And then you attached your own meaning to that. Whereas if, if you know, you had been able to step in with a technique like EFT, I'm sure that would have got you to you know, that calmer, clearer, more rational, maybe ask a few more questions as well. That's what I find people do often when they they stop being so panicked about something and they feel calmer and clearer, they go back to their doctor and they say, hang on a minute, I'm not quite sure what that meant. Could you explain it to me again? Because they Mm -hmm. know they need that extra information to to be fully informed and not just jump to their own, you know, fearful conclusions. So yeah, yeah, it helps every step of the way for sure. And I'd love Joe for um, our listeners to be able to have a little taste of of how you work. And I know you've got something on your website that they can sample. Is that right? I have. Yeah. So I've got a um, forest relaxation. So you can go to my website, which is joedalziel.co.uk. And on there, I have got the free downloadable track, which is a forest relaxation. So it just takes you on a guided meditation or relaxation through a forest. And it's a lovely meditation to listen to at any time in the day. It's quite short. So and um, 
you can check out what else I do on there as well. But feel free to go and download that. It would be lovely. Beautiful, Joe. I just love the idea of traveling in your mind to a forest to do a meditation. Thank you. That sounds stunning. Wonderful. What we will do is we've quoted the website there, but we will also put the link um, in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to the podcast, you'll be able to click directly through to Joe's website as well and download that meditation. Thank you for sharing that. And where are the best ways to find you online as well? Where on social media do you spend your time? So I am on Instagram. I would like to be on it more than I am. I'm getting there. A bit sporadic, a bit sporadic with it. So on Instagram, I am Dalziel Joe. Fantastic. So we'll put the link to that as well for you then. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Joe. It's been really, really lovely to have a longer chat with you. And, you know, I was thinking originally that I just wanted to, to get on the phone and have a chat with you and hear more about you. And then I thought, actually, why not we, we record it for the podcast and I can hear about your story and hear about the reason why you do what you do and, and offer all this beautiful support. So I'm really pleased that we clicked record before our conversation and yeah. now are able to share this with everybody else because me too. Yeah, it's it's so important we keep having these conversations and that people don't, as we said right at the start, that they don't feel alone and that it's totally normal to be feeling this way, feeling this amount of stress or whatever it is, mm -hmm. because it's an abnormal situation. It's a situation that people didn't expect to find themselves in, isn't it? But it doesn't mean that it's the only way to feel. And, you know, you and I and lots of other people that we work alongside have so many tools and techniques that can really turn things around. So I yeah. hope that if anyone's listening now, if you take one thing away, it's that inspiration to start you know, taking care of the whole emotional side and taking care of you because you are very, very important. So thank you, Joe, for joining me in that, that message today. It's been really lovely to chat with you. Thank you, Sarah. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to my chat with Joe and remember that the podcast is now on a short break while we plan and record another amazing run of episodes for you. I'd love to hear any requests you have for topics for the podcast or suggestions for guests you'd like me to talk to. Do send your podcast requests to my podcast assistant, Jan, at jan at fertilemindset.com. To make sure that you're notified as soon as we're back, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen in. And while you're subscribing, if you'd like to write us a review too on Apple Podcasts or give us a star rating on Apple, Spotify or Audible, that would be hugely appreciated. Reviews mean so much to podcasters as they help our shows get in front of more people who need the support and would like to listen in. Thank you for being with us for the first 71 episodes of the Fertile Mindset podcast and I look forward to speaking to you again in a short while. Take care and see you soon. I'm so pleased you're listening to the Fertile Mindset podcast and now I would love to invite you to join us in the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary. The Sanctuary is my fertility support membership which is focused on taking care of you and helping you enjoy your life while you wait for your baby. In the Sanctuary, I'll guide you through using an amazing technique called EFT or tapping and you'll soon be feeling less stressed and more joyful. If you're not already in the Sanctuary, do come and join us today because the best time to start receiving support on your fertility journey is always right now. 
Honestly, it makes such a difference to have good quality emotional support and techniques that you can pick up and use yourself whenever you need them. Go to fertilemindset.com sanctuary to join us today. I look forward to hopefully seeing you there and at the next episode of the Fertile Mindset Podcast.